So I'm here with Maisie Hill. Maisie is a menstrual cycle expert. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but you do many things. But one <laughs> thing I think of is periods and menstrual cycles when I think of you, Maisie. Oh, and I'm so glad that that's the case. But I think you, you know, in thinking about our conversation today, I've of course been reflecting on the many conversations that we have had over the years since we first worked together. And I think back to that initial time in me trying to describe what it was then that I was doing. And I think because my work encompassed different aspects of reproductive health, as it still does, but um, it was kind of hard to name that because I was involved in reproductive health, you know, whether it was through being a birth doula and doing pregnancy and birth support, or whether it was through working as a practitioner and as an acupuncturist. So, um, so it's interesting that you've gone straight out the gates with, we still don't know how to describe what it is like to <laughs> Well, Well, yes and no, I feel like we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. And I've watched, there's like two Maisie Hills. There's the before Maisie Hill and the after Maisie Hill. Yeah. And the, the before is like, I don't like visibility and I don't want to be on social media. And the after is like, I'm a published author and like has a following. And sometimes I look at your threads and I'm just like, whoa. And in, in my experience, it all is like, how do you live your life according to your menstrual cycle? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And I think, you know, there has been such a big difference for me in um, being willing to share and to be vulnerable and to be ready for um, attention and that visibility. Because I don't know if you remember, but like, you know, back in the day when you were like, I think you should be writing really consistently and regularly. And I was like, couldn't really be bothered with it. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know and you were really encouraging me to do that and i think the first blog post i published that got like a lot of attention very quickly um actually became a chapter in my book you know like, like that blog post became the foundation for a whole chapter and it got something like 10,000 hits in 48 hours. Is, is this the what's up with the wet patch in your knickers? Is that yeah. the one? Yeah. yeah. What that wet patch in your knickers is all about. And I published that, it like spread so quickly. Yeah. People yeah. were sharing it. And it was like everything I wanted was happening. Yeah. And it freaked the fuck out of me. <laughs> and I took my website down. I remember <laughs> you went dormant. You went like, you, you like climbed into a cave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we lost you just for a second. But I, I remember you went dark. You were like, no, this isn't happening. And it was like, was it a year later? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely down for a while because then I was very much in this, everything has to be perfect. If people are looking at my website, it has to be as I want it. And I have to have these things figured out. And like, yeah. I was being so perfectionist about everything and like scared, yeah, basically. And whereas now I'm just like, I don't care what it looks like, let's just get it out. <laughs> <laughs> they call that lean. It's like, let's yeah. get it out the door. Yeah. So, so let's back up a little bit for the, the listeners and the watchers that, uh, 
like I want to start a little bit in the beginning where, you know, what did you do? At some point you were like, I want to be a healer and you became a doula. And can we hear like what the crossroads was? Yeah. So, um, I was really fortunate in that when I was at what we call college here in the UK, which is like 16 to 18 before you go to university or your college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I was studying in biology and things there, my mum was training in aromatherapy and reflexology. So I had this exposure to a different way of doing things. And I was investigating the books on her bookshelf mm-hmm. that I think from a like at quite an instructive age, it opened me up to there are other forms of medicine out there. And I was kind of always in this battle between science, art, and like always feeling the pull between those two paths in my future. And at the same time, I had debilitating period pain for years that Mm. I, you know, was really in a not great place with. And so my journey to deal with that pain and to figure it out um, kind of happened at the same time I discovered that you could be a birth doula and like I just loved that and I had a friend who was pregnant who wanted me to support her so I kind of just got going with that in my early 20s and at the same time started training in massage and reflexology and eventually that led me to acupuncture so it kind of all converged at the same time it was like there was this 10-year build-up of different threads Mm-hmm. um and then it all just came together but i always knew that i wanted to focus on on women's health on reproductive health because the rest of it bored me <laughs> i i love this story though because like most people see you online like your instagram account or your website which is beautiful and they're like oh i just want to be more like that but i'm not there and like it was a 10-year process for you to get there yeah, even longer than that, really. And I think that's the the thing that I'm um, trying to remember more and more with the conversations I have, especially with colleagues and, you know, people who are entering this field and who, um, one way or another, like, see me as a leader. And I'm, like, really thinking about my position as a leader for that community and, you know, how to include that so it doesn't seem like i've just been this overnight success that yeah. it just happens like that no 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 <laughs> <laughs> if you Let only knew you. <laughs> <laughs> um but also in things like even with you know the amount of time that i take off over the christmas break like last year like you know i had someone like um kind of call me out on that like yeah Hey, you're freelance and you're doing this and you, you know is that an acceptable thing i'm like why would it not be an acceptable thing and like i'm in a position where i take that leadership role with a great deal of responsibility and i think you know we've had many conversations about the ways that practitioners are treated or treat themselves and i think there needs to be a higher standard for how we how we set the bar for ourselves and mm. the boundaries we set with other people. So mm. I've been it. using the phrase, your business, your way. Yeah. Like, I think we get so caught up in working harder and helping more people and making sure that their finances are okay. And, 
And so let's talk about that a little bit, because I remember a conversation when you were on the fence, like being a dual is hard work because you're on call 24 hours a day. And you were like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And I was like, well, what if you did it, but we just raised the price quite substantially so it was worth your time? And you were like, people might be really angry with that. Yeah. And, and I remember you doing it, and I can only imagine the people that hired you, how happy they were that you were there. Yeah, totally. And I think um, it, was, it was challenging for me because there was like this accepted level of what a doula could charge in the UK, and I was already there. Yeah, you know, the was, ceiling. Yeah, I was there. And then we had that conversation, and I was like, well if I'm going to do it, it has to be now, or I'm just going to stop doing this. And actually, mm. you know, I still want, to, I, at that stage, I still wanted to be doing it. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So we jacked the price right up to almost double what the accepted highest mm -hmm. level was. And I told a colleague and she was like, well, if you're doing that, then I'm doing it too, because like we work together. So that's it. And I was immediately like, holy shit. Like, yeah, I think that's when I started to realize it's not just about you like you think it's all about you yeah but it's not it's about what you're doing for other people as well and how you're helping them to come into that space of possibility and um so we did it and immediately you know that like put the cat amongst the pigeons and like i yeah. had no idea i love this story i love yeah. this story and so were there many people that were like yeah we're we're being underpaid we we need to yeah, there were, but it was interesting because I think people made the assumption that if I was charging that amount of money, then mm -hmm. I was working with a particular type of client. Mm -hmm. And whilst I was, it wasn't the type of client by the definition that they had made up in their head that these people have loads of money. Right. They are, you know, and, and some people I worked with did have like a bit of a profile about them, let's say, but not all of them, just as many we're just like, well, this is important to us and we want you. So we're going to find a way to make that happen financially so that we can work with you. And so that was really interesting, like seeing people's reactions and kind of the assumptions that were made. Well, I feel like there needs to be a disclaimer because I, I'm not a, a encourager of just like jack up the price to jack up the price. But I remember you had been doing it and you were like on a wait list and you were saying no to people and you had done uh, my abdominal massage and you, you had had all these different trainings. And so that's what made it possible was that you had the experience to go into that realm. And it's really interesting because to me, when I look back and even now when I hear the stories, the biggest breakthroughs for you have been the time you've been the most uh, vulnerable and the most scared. Yeah, definitely. And that continues to be the case. Yeah. yeah sure. And so with the book, take the listeners on a little bit of a journey of like, you get something viral out there and you're like, fuck this. And you shut the website down and no yeah. one can find you. And then, <laughs> and then you come out the other side and you're like, I'm going to sell a best-selling book. How, how, what was the journey? So the journey was that blog post went out. I think I was pregnant at the time. And then I had my son. I was off on maternity leave. We 
moved, we left London, moved to Margate where we live now. And it was about, he was about a year and a half old. And I heard from a contact at a major publishers who said, would you be interested in writing a book for us about hormones? Hmm. And again, like, like I was just coming back from mat leave. You know, I like, I think I was just in the group with you again and, yeah. you know, doing yeah. all that. And I heard from the publishers, I was like, <sighs> freaked out, contacted my friend who's an author and was like, what shall I do? And she said, don't have any conversations. You need an agent. Yeah. And so she put me in contact with her agent who was desperate to speak to me. I mean, you know what I'm like with emails that has not changed. But <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get back to her. And she was like chasing me for three months, this agent who wanted to work with me and this potential publisher who wanted to sign a deal with me. And I'm just like, la 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 la. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to deal with any of this. And then like I had the conversation with my agent and she was just like, look, if we're having this conversation and there's this gap in the market where there aren't that many books about the menstrual cycle, at least ones that are mainstream, she said that means at least four other people are having this conversation at the same time. Mm -hmm. She was like, you need to write a proposal now. Mm -hmm. We need to sign a deal now because your book needs to be out the next year. Mm -hmm. She said, or you'll miss that initial wave. And I was just like, oh my God. So I just like frantically wrote over six weeks. Yeah. The proposal, we sent it out in January with like a crazy supermoon, blood supermoon that was going on. We sent it out on that day, of course. And then um, that was January. So March signed a deal with Bloomsbury. I had several offers. I was like quite particular. So the standard way of getting a book deal is it goes to, if there's more than one offer, it goes to auction and it gets kind of auctioned around and whoever pays the most gets the book deal. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want that. And I actually kind of credit a lot of the work that we did together and mm -hmm. things because I, in the same way that you got me clear about who my ideal client was, I kind of carried that through into who is my ideal publisher. Mm. and there were publishers we met with that wanted to do a deal with me that I did not want to work with for one reason or another so I was like we're not doing that I know that's how it's done but we're not doing that because I don't want to be in a situation where I'm working with someone that kind of compromises how I see this going um and so we signed a deal mid-March I had 20,000 words written at that point I frantically <laughs> the key word in all of this is frantic. <laughs> Frantically wrote, I handed it in in July. So I wrote the book in like, after all the half terms and holidays my son was on, it was actually four months and it wow. was 126,000 words. Yeah. Which like cracks me up because you used to say to me, <laughs> can you commit to writing a blog post once a week? Even if it's 500 words, no. Can you do it if it's once a month? I just really think you should be regular and consistent with this. And I'd be like... <laughs> putting up all kinds of barriers and then like I ended up writing this phenomenal You did it. You totally <laughs> did it. You know, it's interesting because if we go back to that, that room of like, I can only imagine there were certain publishers that were like not being so cool. And then you're like, no, we're not going with you. And they're like, who the fuck are you? 
Yeah. And like, just it makes me think about artists because artists often sign all their creative freedoms away and they work with people because of the money. Yeah. And I'm so excited that you held out and you were like, I know you want it, but you're going to rip it apart. And like, I had this happen recently that someone turned in a book and they edited it so much that they couldn't recognize it when they got it back. And so you, you held to your guns and that's what I love about your presence. It's like, I, I do remember there was like, we all go through this as well as entrepreneurs of like imposter syndrome of like comparing ourselves to the people that are just steps ahead of us or late years ahead of us. And, and, I just so appreciate you were able to find your pocket of like, nope, this is the way I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, and blessing to your agent for giving you the, the reins to do it that way. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely, there was one meeting that I almost walked out of, but I wanted to protect my agent's relationship with the publisher. So I didn't. Mm. Um, but when that publisher made an offer and I knew I wasn't going to be accepting it, I said to my agent, if that's the only offer, I'm self-publishing like mm-hmm. I, I'd rather self-publish than compromise like that yeah. so yeah. Um, but that was a great place you know to be able to show up for those meetings um actually I met you guys like after one of the after <laughs> that crazy meeting you did you were in London yeah, yeah. we went and had uh what, what's the we masher pie or yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, it was right afterwards. And I remember the story. And like, so I'm so excited because our journey together is like, we've known each other for five to seven years, like a while. And it yeah. is like, uh, for any wellness entrepreneur out there, like I've been through my tough times. Maisie's been through her tough times. And, and like, really it's about knowing your vision, not compromising, and really finding your area. And it sounds like you knew your area for a long, long time and you finally started to embrace it. And so one of the things for the listeners that Maisie does is called the Wu-Tang, the Wu-Tang Clan, which I thought was the most awesome brand ever, like Wu-Tang. And it, it comes to this conversation for me that like, I love that we're having a podcast because I want more people to know about you. And as a man, I can't walk up to women and be like, oh, menstrual cycle, you really need to talk to me. Like, that's not going to fly. And so how do you get men involved in knowing about you or like encouraging? Because you are such a solution for people that have really been struggling for a long, long time. Are there any words of wisdom there? Oh, well... I think I've I've heard from men and male partners, you know, I've had emails from some of them saying, thank you so much for my book. It's like, it's changed. um, It's changed my relationship with my female partner. Mm -hmm. And I've had messages from women saying, I bought your book. I haven't had a chance to read it yet because my boyfriend's taken it and, and he's reading it. (laughs) Um, So I kind of, I haven't really done much but I think the style that I wrote it in is is conversational mm-hmm. you know it's pretty sciencey in bits but it's it's conversational there's swear words in it and I think that makes it more accessible 
for men, or I imagine that it does, rather than it being an overly feminine looking or sounding book. Yeah. I, I hope you write a blog post on how to talk to your lady as a man about menstrual, like something like that. Because it's like, I've always been taught, don't ask a woman how old she is, if she dyes her hair or anything about her cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely, there's been a lot of um, people in the membership that I have now that have been asking for, you know, we're talking about doing something at some point. <laughs> that is about um involving loved ones so mm. whether it's you know a partner you know including like female partners as mm -hmm. well because if you're in a lesbian relationship you can also have very different experiences of the cycle and not understand the other person's mm -hmm. experience so um but also something i get asked a lot uh for is uh, a way for parents and caregivers to be having conversations with uh, with children about the cycle and like how to initiate those conversations and to help young people when they're in that transition stage of life and starting their menstruating years. Is that is that in the in the works of like a teen or tween book? Oh, I've had many requests to do it i would like to do it it's not what i'm working on right now but um but i would like to do that yeah and so knowing that you're definitely somebody that is riding the edge like you constantly grow and you're creating new material and new things like what's currently out like what's what are you excited about right now all the things <laughs> Tell me, tell me what they are. All the things. So this is what I'm realizing more is like, I'm definitely at the stage of my business growth and as an entrepreneur of realizing I have to be really choosy mm. about things. And that sometimes the best thing is to put something away and not touch it until you're able to give it what it needs mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that is so freaking hard for me because usually like I just get fired up about something and I want to run with it so I, I am still doing that to an extent but I'm I'm finding like like you said I think now that I've like settled into what I'm doing and I'm in a different place with things because my brain isn't busy like dealing with imposter syndrome all the time or like freaking out one way or another, then my brain is freed up for all of the other creative endeavors that I could busy myself with. Mm. So, um, but right now I'm, so I went on to sign, um, a two book deal with Bloomsbury. So, so there's going to be another two books. So I'm writing one of them at the moment, um, which I have to hand in at the start of July. Oh, you're yes, on that, well, that, you like I'm, that deadline, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you're also a family person. And so um, how do you, how do you juggle it all? How do you balance that? Um, hmm, how do I balance it? I, you know, I'm just kind of like riding the wave with it more and just ex rather than be thinking oh i need to be more in balance this needs to you know there needs to be equal time for the various loves of my life i'm just accepting that it's not going to be like that there's going to be 
months when it's all about the business and you know like when I was launching the membership and mm -hmm. like that launch month was huge in terms of what went into that actual launch that month mm -hmm. the launch event then you know what happened off the back of that and the mm. recovery needed from it for me mm. and for my assistant you know it was huge so like it would be ridiculous of me to kind of argue with that reality and think oh, i've got to make time for my kid and for my partner in this it's just gonna be like i'm in launch mode this is what i'm doing now mm. and to then come out the other side of that and kind of you know flow into um family life again but i think increasingly i'm realizing the key to it all is i need vast amounts of time on my own mm -hmm. whether that's for work or just to switch off and to be on my own because when i do that i serve my business well and i serve my family well and i'm happy yeah and so it's interesting because you have written a lot about living according to your cycle so do you plan and and uh like there's you know when you're more going to be more fueled for business and more fueled for rest and more fueled for family like do you have that down yeah i do have a strong sense of that and and that's the other element is like communicating that clearly with Paul, my partner and letting him know like okay for the next three days i know i'm at a point in my cycle where i can achieve like great focus and mm -hmm. really work in a deep way so you know like that's coming up in a few days time so like what's your work schedule like and mm. you know how can we kind of stagger the childcare side of things and like the preschool pickups that kind of stuff so that i can capitalize on that and make the most of it but you know, then the other aspect of that is like at the point when I'm like, let's have an adventure. Let's go out, let's get in the car and let's go do something and let's go yeah. for a hike. And so, but it's just the wheels start to come off if I forget to communicate that. And I'm definitely someone who thinks I've communicated so much in my head, but I really haven't done that. <laughs> in your mind, you have in your mind. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, my tagline together is better. Like I'm really about community and alliances. What do you think your best strategic alliance in the last year was? I mean, like, I, I'm sure, I mean, there are several, but the one that just comes to mind is my VA, my virtual assistant. Mm-hmm like life-changing yeah uh, she's just so much more than a ba to me and so you know when you say like strategic alliance you know like it is an alliance between and it's like she's i'm in the uk she's in australia you know but like she's so in sync with the way i like to do things and you know it's just she having that relationship has completely changed things for me have you um, ever met face to face no isn't that interesting yeah and like, she only realized recently how tall i was because she saw a photo <laughs> standing up and she's like how tall are you and i told her and she's taller than me and i didn't realize she was tall either yeah how tall um, are you how tall are you yeah uh 
Do you do, do centimeters or feet yeah. and inches? Centimeters we do, well, well feet, feet and inches in the US, but you can say both because we'll have listeners on both. Uh, well, I'm like five ten and a half, and I think she's like just over five eleven or something. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I'm like five ten or five nine and a half, and I remember yeah. meeting you the first time, and I was like, I would have never guessed. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, but I think the other alliance that's been really key for me is someone locally in Margate. Mm. Um, and my boyfriend's friends with her boyfriend. And he was like, I think you need to meet this woman, Leona, because it sounds like you both talk about the same kinds of things. And I was thinking, in other words, you guys are getting together and moaning about how your <laughs> <laughs> women are only talking about business. <laughs> So we got together and we get together regularly and we kind of have, I, I suppose, like it's a loose, loosely formed peer-to-peer -peer mastermind That's where, you know, we, we talk about stuff and she's had a membership. I now have a membership and, you know, like we're kind of, there's a, a really nice dynamic there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that's really fun to have someone to have those conversations with. What I love about what you're saying is that you have alliances both virtually that you've never met, but they're very, very close and you have them locally. And I, I think that's really important as you grow that you're surrounding yourself, people online and people live to support you. Now, I, I have an Instagram question because you, you, your Instagram keeps hitting the stratosphere. And so... Your Instagram, you were following, like, I see the techniques about the pretty grid and like the, like, and then it just went like off the rails and it like didn't follow a format. And I was like, what was the decision making there? So I, I'll talk you through what I did and why I wouldn't do it the same again. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I think I was about like two and a half thousand before the book was due to come out. And I knew that having a larger following would be important for when it was published. Mm -hmm. So I like tried a few different trials of like bots that mm -hmm. would like, like other people's photos so that they would look at your profile and, mm -hmm. and follow you and do that. So I did that for a bit and it like got me like, a lot of followers quite quickly and it like got me over 5,000 and kind of towards 10. And then I like had assets from my publishers that I could use on Instagram, you know, that was like the branding of the books. So I started bringing that in and got like, mm -hmm. like fussy about what the grid looked like and that kind of thing. Yeah. Both of those things I wouldn't do again. So I'll come back to why. Okay. okay. And then um, then I started being on podcasts and things and just getting, you know, the book was out and that was like people taking photos and there was just a gradual growth, but definitely there was a few podcasts that I appeared on that I got a significant amount of followers mm -hmm. from. Mm -hmm. um, but the issue now is that I have like over 25,000 followers. Yeah. But are they all followers that I want following me? Mm. This is the thing. Because I used a bot, right. those people are not necessarily mm -hmm. a good fit. fit for my content. Yeah. 
which means that that messes up how I like all the metrics. Right. Because you're, you're in the dark. You don't know who are people and who are yeah. like just, yeah. Yeah, I would always say now I'd rather have a small following of people who are a really good fit for you and your content mm -hmm. than have a number. And what number, like, so 25,000, if you didn't do the bot, you'd probably be at like five to 10. But it would no, be. No, it would still be more than that because like there was still those key podcasts that like ah uh, got it got it, it. Right up so you but, you want to get rid of about five thousand yeah 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 i've been considering like paying a like anti-bot and then the other thing is like getting fussy with what the grid looked like yeah. So talk, talk to me about that because you, you were really clean. I see really, I have other clients. I'm impressed. I look at it and I'm like, Oh, it's so pretty. And like, would you go back to that or do you like it now? No, now I, cause you know what? It stops me from getting stuff up. Yeah. Cause when I'm like, Oh, does that look blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. it's like, it's time for me to go to bed and I like, I'm not going to put it up that day. So yeah. it, I, think people are starting to be put off by like that very curated looking feed and like people always grid, but people don't look at the grid really. They're looking at what's in their feed. So like that's right. what's important. And I think what's, what's important is driving that connection and communication with people and including like giving, inviting people in to have a conversation. That is such a great insight into the ego of like, no one's looking at our grid except us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I mean, you, you may go to the profile, but if you're going to the profile, you're just looking for the bio link to click the bio yeah. link. Yeah. So how great, I, I really believe a lot of business that is ineffective are people just saying, this is super effective. You have to do it this way. And then a bunch of people do it that way, even if it's not working for them. Yeah. So I like it. I like that it's, um, I wouldn't even say your grid now is chaotic. It, it's just organic. Yeah. It's not following any rhythm or any rhyme. No. Yeah. And 25,000. And if you have 20,000 that are following you, that allows you to create. And so I'm wondering, have you become an influencer where people are like, hey, there's this menstrual thing we want you to talk about. Like, are you starting to get like the goodies? Well, offers, um, so far I haven't done mm -hmm. any like partnerships. And mm -hmm. like there was one stage where I was offered a lot of money for a partnership. Yeah. Would have been great if I'd have said yes, <laughs> but um, morally I didn't feel I could, yeah. and that's definitely been the case so far. Is that a lot of the companies who who have wanted that strategic alliance with me, right. I've been very aware that even though I would make some money from it, right. that alliance means more to them than it means to me, right? And especially most of those companies have profited out of making women feel dirty oh. and uh, and ashamed and now suddenly they're changing tack and being all like period power. Right. You know, like, right. 
Well, I'm, my brain just goes to like, do you ever look in your closet and, and in your file, in your uh, bathroom and you're like, what do I already use that I want to start to support and call them and get in touch with them? Well, yeah, and that's what I've done. And I just, you know, nice. talk about them, do that. And, you know, that's it. What's the, what's the last product that you, you totally recommend it because you believe in it? Oh, well, there's a company here in the UK called Wooker. Uh, and they make period underwear, and I recommend um, their underwear a lot because like it, it works for me. I like it, mm-hmm. and they're in the UK, and they're a small startup. So, what's their what's their website? Uh, good question. I don't know. Oh Probably. well, spell it spell it out loud because of Probably, accents. Oh yeah, W U K A dot. I don't know, co.uk or .com or something. Uh Uh-huh, so W-A-U-K. W-U-K-A. It stands for wake up, kick ass. (laughs) W-U-A-K. See, that helped. The acronym helped. (laughs) Great. And so before we start to close out, you know, we are, uh, the timing of this, we are in a pandemic here in the world with uh, the coronavirus. And many of our colleagues, both yours and mine, are wellness providers that have brick and mortar. And they haven't really spent time uh, online updating their website or like many of them have blogs that they haven't touched for a year or two years or three years. And, And so I'm just curious, do you have any encouragement or any recommendations for them as as we head into some pretty um changing times yeah i mean i remember like going back to my first training in in massage and i remember the teacher saying to me you know because she knew that i wanted to do it and that i was into it and and she said you know if you go off and do any other training just try and do something that doesn't involve using your hands Mm. so that you just wouldn't be in the position of it always being about what your body and what your wrists and things are capable of doing. Mm. And that was just such good advice. And I was thinking about it the other day that now I feel like, yeah, that's like one starting point. And then the next point from that is to do something that doesn't require you being one-on-one with someone or being you know face to face and I I didn't I didn't realize that what I was doing could be used in a different way I think this is when like working with a coach or you know being in a mastermind or something and being around other people who can reflect how they see your business back to you Mm Because, you know, when you're used to, like, you've been trained, you see one person or maybe you do a community practice and, like, that's already, like, quite out there in terms of uh, how some people might want to work. And sometimes you need someone else to be like, but this could easily be an online training. This is something you could do. And I think um, the, the big thing for me about launching the online membership Mm-hmm. was I just wish I'd launched sooner. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it was, but mm-hmm. I wish I'd gone through a launch sooner because the data I got from launching will fuel my business for five years if I did nothing else. Mm-hmm. 
because like I did so I did um like a classroom launch where I did it was a whole week there was Monday Wednesday Friday I did webinars Tuesday Thursday I did like Q&A sessions catch-up session on the weekend so like it's full-on and there was a private Facebook group that people could come in and I asked them when they were coming into the Facebook group a few questions have you signed up for the channel that kind of thing but I was like what's brought you here mm -hmm. and what do you want to get by the end of the week wow and, and so you have you're you're like and how many did the launch like 5,000 or something. So 5,000 people shared with you why they came to you and what they, what they really want. Yeah, in their words. Yeah. And so I hadn't written my sales page or anything because I was waiting for those words to yeah. write my sales copy. Yeah. And yeah. so I had my VA like go through, because the really annoying thing about doing that is you can't save the answers. So, well, at least I don't think you can. So, like, my VA was like, I was like, just save all the ones that are interesting or different to what we've collected so far. So, I've got like sheets and sheets of mm. things people wanted to know, things mm -hmm. that trouble them about their cycle, mm -hmm. all of which means, like, if I'm thinking, oh, what blog post should I write? I just go and I look at that and I like answer someone's question. And then I get in touch with that person and say, Hey, you took part in this thing, and I just wanted to let you know I really like the the question you asked. You asked, and I've answered it, so you can go and check it out here. Yeah, and so you, how many are in the membership model right now? So we've got three, just over three hundred members. Yeah. So I just this is just a plug for those that I, I often hear like, don't give away too much, and like I hate that advice because it sounds like you just gave for a week nonstop, and you had 300 people say yes and the rest of them probably got something out of it too oh my gosh like the results that people were posting in that facebook group whilst it was open were incredible and it like it blew me away because like i said we're used to like well like for acupuncture i'm like well i see someone once a week for three months and <laughs> yeah. longer than that and you know and so you start to get trapped in the way that your brain thinks results are possible right and doing something like that i was like holy shit like when when you have someone going like i've always had debilitating pain and i had no pain this cycle and all you've done is speak that's the intervention and creating a space Community. and someone saying yeah. i had no suicide ideation this month mm. you know this is like blew my mind yeah. that that kind of result was possible just through doing that and i think the other thing jason is that it giving so much meant i could sell the fuck out of it right like when it came to pitching right i i could just go you know what if you do nothing else other than look at what we did last week and you follow the suggestions i've given you like you can diy this mm -hmm. like you can totally do this on your own mm -hmm. but if you want to continue and you want the community and you mm -hmm. want to have opportunities to, you know, have more conversations and learn more, then just come and join in. And is the community closed? Yeah, so it's closed. It's gonna, I'm gonna do like a waitlist launch uh, this month. 
because we've got a big month coming up next month. We're doing a hormone reset month. So that's mm -hmm. like a good opportunity for people to come in and, and join. And then we're going to do another big launch in September. That's awesome. And it's going to fill. It's just like what I, what I love about the work that you do is that when we read like the guardian or Huffington post and there's an article, like it's not the real, like you're, you're in there with the nitty gritty of it all. <laughs> and, and I think that's what's needed is like, people do have suicidal ideation. People do wake up during their menstrual cycle and not want to get out of bed or the pain is so bad. They don't know if they could move that day. And like you're creating a safe space for people to, not only have their experience to share their experience, but to get some things that can help. Yeah. And that's really key. And that's um, like, they're good reminders for me to have. Um, mm. And that's really great. Like in the community, we have like the weekly wins thread where people are encouraged, no matter how small or how big the changes are for them to just, you know, have those. And it is really helpful because I have, like I recently found out I'm on a gossip website here in the UK where mm -hmm. I've been talk, talked about in a few mm -hmm. different discussions. Mm -hmm. And there's been threads on other websites about me personally and professionally mm. and things. And so, you know, coming into contact with those, I mean, ultimately I was just like, <laughs> just like, well, I want, I want to create an impact and I want people to talk about me online. So that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Um, there will always be trolls. There will always be trolls of people whispering and gossiping yeah. and yeah. Uh, and I'm just thankful I haven't had any dick pics. Oh, <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. But <laughs> um, well, I think that is the thing is that always in times where as practitioners or as entrepreneurs, our confidence is uh, wavering or we're mm -hmm. fearing visibility mm -hmm. and just like, stop making it about you. Yeah. Like this is about them, what you're doing for them and yeah. like have a word with yourself. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Well, and, and we'll just um, end on that is like the, the pandemic that we're facing, the wellness providers that we know now is the time to bring the medicine. And if you bring it into telemedicine, that's fine. But people are really needing reassurance. They're needing immune building. They're needing to know in the Chinese medicine world what Chinese herbs can help. And so there's just so many things that we can do with the skills we have other than make it about us and panic. Yeah, and also distraction and fun and lightheartedness yeah you know and that's what i think about like at the hospital that i was in in china when i was studying there is like the way that the consultant there would like talk about how serious someone's brain disease was whilst like having a joke with them and you know like <laughs> it doesn't have to be like this ser big serious thing um yeah. that i think yeah. we often make it in the west so yeah yeah well I, you know, our household. And so uh, it gets a little wacky, but I just, I so appreciate you taking the time today. I want to finish with, I'm sure there's listeners that want to know how they get on your newsletter. And so where, where do they find out more about you? Um, so maisiehill.com is my website and um, Instagram is my platform of choice. And my handle there is underscore maisiehill underscore.
Nice. Well, I'm Jason Stein from Wellness Renegades, and uh, I just am so excited for the listeners. Feel free to subscribe, comment, keep in touch.